What's up, podcast world? Chad Belding back at you. Another episode. This life ain't for everybody. I'm so excited about today's episode, the content that we're about to bring to you. Thank you all so much for the subscriptions, telling your friends and family, giving us ratings and reviews, and please keep supporting the partners and sponsors that support us. You've been hearing some great artists come through the podcast lately. We have several more coming. Today's episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody is brought to you, our friends, right there in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Enjoy it responsibly. Jack Daniels, the most American spirit company of all time in the history of the world. Anheuser-Busch is right there, and I'm not afraid to say that, but Jack Daniels, they are the one and only. Sour Mash, Tennessee Whiskey, they support everything we do here, our outdoor lifestyle, our culture, being a provider, impairing our wild game, meals, ducks, geese, antelope, sheep, and elk, and mule deer, and white-tailed deer. We pair it with whiskeys. They got a lot of different flavors. The apple is becoming a staple at our household bar, our backyard bar. So remember, enjoy it responsibly never allow underage drinking and please support Jack Daniels because they are as American as it gets. And you guys are going to love our guest today. She is a true troubadour. She has a voice that caught my attention so long ago. And I, and I don't even remember if she remembers the first time I met her, she's going to, she will, after I talk to her about it, um, we've been sharing a lot of pictures. Her name is Heidi Newfield, and she's literally one of my best female artists of all time in country music, any genre of music. And I'm very, you guys have heard me say this, you girls have heard me say this. I'm very critical of singers, and I know I'm very opinionated, and I'm very, I'm probably like a, a little bit too opinionated. But when you hear Heidi Newfield sing, she is the bomb, and it's so natural. Miss Heidi, how are you? Chad, what an inner what that that's like the best introduction ever. <laughs> I feel I feel so special right now. Thank you. You are for special. That. You like uh, uh I, I don't know if you remember the first time we ever met, but it was um it was the Rockstar Country Throwdown Tour in Palo Alto, California. It was you and Jamie and and Montgomery Gentry. And I actually do remember that because we didn't, you know, there's not, not that many great venues in my area in Northern, I'm from Northern California. Yep. And so born and raised in Sonoma County, California. So whenever I'm playing around Palo Alto being the Bay area, um, and that was a, a really cool, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, with Montgomery Gentry, God, I miss those guys so much. I hadn't talked to Eddie in a little while. I need to, but, uh, um, if that wasn't, isn't that, it's like an amphitheater. I think it's called, I think the one that we were at and I know I, for sure it was mountain view and it was designed. Um, yes. it had a lot of inspiration and design from, um, the grateful dead. Yeah. It, it's a, it's got a vibe. It's very, st- the, the, where, where you guys sit is very steep. Yep. And, um, and then it, so it feels intimate, it feels like a really intimate, um, amphitheater kind of thing and i do remember that show and that was the first time we met yeah and i was backstage wow, i was backstage with uh arliss Albritton. do you remember that that name he was a he was a manager at the time and he had introduced me to jamie and chris powell who was jamie's yes, drummer yes i do remember arliss yeah oh wow and then arliss walked me up yes. to you and you were getting ready to go on stage and you're like honey i'll be right back and then you came off stage and we had a we had a drink and you you were so nice to me and i was like and then a year later that was like right before my <laughs> daughter was born and then like a year or two later you were playing a big show in reno and then that's the next time we were backstage with you and got to hang out and um, yeah and, and I you, remember that very well. You had you had your little daughter with you. Yeah, Alyssa. And she's Miss a, Alyssa. She she gets inundated with Heidi Newfield songs, and she listens to, you know, all of the the stuff from like 
2006, I think, is Alyssa's favorite. 2007, when you like, I, I don't know, you had the huge hit with Johnny and June, and she. Yeah, that was 2008. 2008. So yeah, it's about 2008. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that. Yeah, that and she wasn't even born yet, but when she, she was born in 2010 and she obviously we were listening to that a bunch. I got to ask you a question though, with your style and your culture, Heidi, and your influence. Um, yeah. what is the perfect stage? If you see a little, a little nugget come across here, that's Augustus. That's Augustus. That's the pup. What is, the- what is your ultimate stage setup? for the way that you like to listen to music, country music. And what I mean by that is that you are so diverse in the guitar, the vocals, and you play the harmonica, which I love it. Like, like I always think of Mickey and I'm sure that everybody thinks of Mickey when they think harmonica, but you can rock the harmonica. I want to go into two part question is what is the ultimate stage for Heidi Newfield? Is it a steel guitar, a pedal guitar? Is it a bass? Is it a stand up bass? Is it what, is it a Willie Nelson style stage? And then Tell me about the harmonica and what is so special about that instrument. And is it is it kind of just controlling your diaphragm, almost singing into it? Because the way you sing seems like it would be kind of the same air pressure and air presentation as a harmonica. And the reason I'm asking, Heidi, is that I really want, I, I can blow a duck call, I can run a goose call, and I think that it could kind of be similar to a harmonica, and I think I'm going to get into it. So talk to me about your ultimate stage setup first. Great questions, Chad. Um, uh, well... So, you know, I've been asked the question a lot, like, what's your favorite type of venue? And the answer to that is it it rolls into your question. Um, I really love the the variety, the the variation of uh, a gritty uh, sawdust, like where you can smell the sawdust on the floor kind of and the old beer kind of soaked uh, honky tonk. I, I love that feel. I, I like to shake things up and, and play some of those places sometimes, especially out in Texas. And, um, and, and, uh, of course here in Nashville, we we're known for those as well. Um, and I love old theaters. I, there's something so special about when you walk into an old theater that's, that you find out was built in the, you know, mid to late 1800s. And you find out, um, that Frank Sinatra played there and, Charlie Chaplin did a, you know, played there back in, you know, the turn of the century kind of, it's like, you know, I love stuff like that, historical uh, venues. And then I love the big raucous festival kind of where everybody's wild. Um, So I like the variation and the same goes for the answer to your question with, with regards to the band. My favorite variation of a band would probably would re, would be my my variation now, which is um, my bass player is a woman who uh, is uh, a very very groovy chick, and uh, she plays upright bass like like uh, she's she's bad she's badass she's uh, and to look at her you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that's the instrument that she would walk up and play. And that's what I kind of love about her is um, she's this cute little almost nerdy blonde. And then she walks up to an upright bass and just thunk, you know, she just gets mean on it. Um, she also plays great electric bass. So half my show is, is upright bass stuff. A lot of thunka thunka. Um, and then, then half is electric stuff and it's, it's um, pretty rocking. Um, of course, electric guitar, um, and I, uh, I cannot live anymore when I put this new band together for this new record that we're going to talk about at some point here. Um, 
that's coming out uh, in August. Um, I, I kind of was like, do I want to hear more piano or do I want to hear more steel guitar? And in the past with Trick Pony and then on my own stuff with like Johnny and June, I always, always had a piano player on stage. This time I wanted um, a steel player that was more of a utility guy. So I have a steel player up there who plays great lap steel and also some Mando, a little bit of Dobro sometimes. So um, love, love, love me some pedal steel. Um, Acoustic guitar, I play that. I also have somebody playing with me when I'm blowing harp because it's really hard for me to... um, Harmonica for me is a little different um, of of uh, I attack the harmonica a little differently than some harmonica players who are singers and up there playing guitar as well. I like to be focused on the harp when I'm playing it. So it's really I don't use like Chris Christopherson or Bruce Springsteen or Neil Young, who mainly play a whole lot of what we call straight harp. So that means you're playing the harmonica in the key of the song. And it's a, it's a little less um, physical. I play a lot more. I, I like straight harp, but I play a lot more what we call cross harp or blues harp, which is where you're playing a fourth up. So if, if you're in the key of A, you would count the key of A, B, C, you'd play a D harp. And that's why we bring so many harmonicas with us and because um, we have so many keys. So when I play the harmonica, um, I, uh, your gear is really important. Um, let me finish your question. Uh, drums, obviously got to have great drummer. I have a killer drummer who's really good at, at, he's very dynamic, you know? So I I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned over the years is you got to have a dynamic show. It's got to have, you got to be able to learn to bring, bring everybody down. People don't want to be on like, you know, 98 the whole time you want to be able to bring them down so that you can bring them back up and uh your tempos your all of that your volume everything it's got to be dynamic and so your drummer is your engine and so drums are really important to be able to to have a guy who you know feel is gonna feel that so my rhythm section is is pretty great. Uh, my bass player Kirby and drummer Duran is uh, they're fantastic. Steel guitar player who can play, like I said, multiple instruments. So if it's something where we get really really acoustic, he can pick up a mandolin, and um, uh, it just depends on the song. Um, and then electric guitar, I kind of like. You know, my guy is is a. Uh, um, he's so good that he can, he can flat pick, he can bluegrass flat pick and he, and he's really fast, but he can also kind of has got that Southern rock kind of feel. And that's a really hard combination to find. Um, So uh, I actually have two guys. I have Dave Barber and I have Kyle Bruick and Kyle is kind of like the long haired Arkansas boy that um, walks up and just, uh, he just naturally has a lot of grit to his playing. Um, He would, you know, he's, his inspirations go from everybody from Slash all the way to, you know, 
Waylon. And, and so he's kind of somewhere in the middle there. And I love that edge. And then Dave is much more, um, he can pick up an acoustic. He's just a wicked flat picker, really, really very detailed guy. Um, great slide player. So that's my, my configuration there. Um, and then I've got the harp covered and then once in a while I'll bring out, uh, a piano player that's, that's playing also with a, a, I really love B3 with a Leslie, you know, um, so that you've got that big churchy sound. And um, so that, that's the perfect band to me. If you're talking about full band, it's, it's um, pedal steel, upright bass, drummer, um, lead guitar, acoustic, harmonica, and B3 and Hammond it's a lot. And it's like, uh, I kind of see that in your stage show when you're talking about that roller coaster effect of bringing the crowd up, bringing them down, being able to get them mid and, 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 and touch them and pull at the heartstrings. And I think that that's what's really clever about watching somebody like you that can not just be very energetic, but you're telling it, you have a, an experience going on. You're telling a story as you present your show. And I think that that is what, what, keeps my attention i think that there's a lot of cleverness and wittiness that goes into something like that to where you can you kind of like you're in a negotiation with the audience and you're like oh well if you want that well then i'll hit you with this kind of an attitude and i yeah. and i think that that inspiration comes from like when i think about heidi newfield i've always thought of like and I started this conversation about how picky I am about, I'm really picky about female singers and I don't know why I, I, I developed this skin about them, but yeah. I, I, I grew up, I grew up with, with Waylon and Merle and Willie. And then I was introduced. Try, baby. Yeah. And I was introduced to Dolly and like Dolly is like my all time go-to of all time. But in my top five, I've always said it's Heidi Newfield, Dolly Parton, Jennifer Nettles, Miranda Lambert. And, and then the other one is right there with Winona and Allison Krauss, which is so funny because I could listen to Allison Krauss sing the phone book, but I just love the way that, that Winona had like that Mary Chapin Carpenter kind of just like that, that I don't know what she had. It was just so much different than Naomi. And when the judge would hit it right, the judge would hit it right. I would be like, man, she can sing her ass off and she really can. Yeah. So it's always, it's always between her and Allison for my top five, but I'm really critical of it. Like I think Miranda's that's great company to be in. I'm honored to be. Yeah. And I'm I mean that. And I think that, that I think that Miranda does the same thing with her storytelling ability. And I, and I also like it because Dolly and you and Miranda and Jennifer is a different, I don't know Jennifer. So, and I don't, I've never done a lot of research. I just love her voice, Very cool. but the you other like ones her? are all unapologetic. They were always like, like Dolly has been quoted lately of saying stuff. Like, I know I look fake from the outside, but get to know me. I'm a really fun person, a really sweet person. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like nobody cares about that part about Dolly in my opinion, but she just always yeah. seemed really raw and really real to me. Like here, here's what you get kind of attitude. Yeah. And I'm not saying that other, I'm not saying that other female singers didn't do that for me. I just think that what you did in, in, in TP. And then as you went into your solo career, there was like a lot of really clever lyrics. There was a lot of, a lot of cool storytelling. And I think songwriting is a very underrated 
talent that you have. And I, and I, it, because you don't get thrown around in a lot of songwriting conversations that I've been in, but I'm always like, well, listen to how clever these lyrics are. Listen to a night like this of what this story is being told and then go into Johnny and June and, and listen to uh, a lot, you know, you, I don't know how many songs you've written, but it just seems to me like that's a talent that you're, that you need to be known for. And I think that that's important because right now I'm on a big songwriting kick in my life is like, this has got to be brought to the forefront of how strong so much music that does not get played on quote unquote country radio. And it's like, it, I'm, I'm like pissed off. I got a chip on my shoulder because I want to hear Brent Cobb on there. both, man. Yeah. And I want to hear Heidi on there and I want to hear Brent Cobb and I want to hear Adam Hood and I want to hear Jamie Johnson. And I want to hear the guys that know how to deliver a country song and it's not cubicle country and it's not tell gate country and it's and i and i'm not saying that everybody can't have their career and i respect that yeah. but i just think that songwriting i think i honestly think that merle and waylon would roll over in their graves if they listen to a lot of what's on the radio today and i think that that is a slap in the face to the true art of country music and that's that's just my opinion I, i've i've really yeah. been i've really been using trying to use my platforms heidi to say look y'all don't forget about joe diffie and we lost him y'all don't forget about what travis tritt did to us for years and then don't forget about what heidi newfield did and don't forget it's because it's everything's so forgetful with the way country music is now and i'm like i refuse to do that it's like i'm not going to let my heroes die just because somebody has their finger on the button in the business of nashville that they, they they can say that this is country. It's not country. If it's pop, let it go be on pop radio. If it's country radio, then dang it, just let it be country in your country. So anyway, that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a soapbox deal to me. But I just wanted you to have some common ground with me as far as like I really am, I really see like the true underlying message in an artist, and I and I want to keep getting better at that and 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 keep digging the la peeling the layers of that onion back of like here's who Heidi Newfield is. If you all don't understand what she did for country music you need to know now because she's getting ready to put out this new album the barfly sessions and it's going to be badass and it's going to remind us like there's true music being per, per, like literally prepared for us every day it's at our fingertips and it's not going to be readily available on the radio so let's let's have a platform that we can say here's what she did for us and yeah. she's in this group of unbelievable artists that get ready for this new album, you know? So that's kind of where I'm at is like, I, I have the baddest ass musicians in the country come on this podcast it, because I want to be able to say, dude, if you've never heard a Brent Cobb song, then y'all are missing out on what true lyrics are and what songwriting really is. If you've never heard Heidi Newfield song, write a song and sing and play the harmonica or the AKA the harp, then y'all need to do it. And that's what, that's what I think people have gotten away from is because it's too easy to hear about the, the chicken cut off jeans on a tailgate and, and, and the, in the, in the bonfire and, and it, that's, that's got its place. But, and I hope that that doesn't like tell you like, oh, I'm putting you in this like group of people, Heidi, that's, that's forgotten about. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that country radio is not very country to me. Well, Chad, I think there's a big, a huge reason why we're friends. <laughs> it's an obvious reason why we're friends. You know, I, I, I don't, um, I think if you look back at, at the history of music, and this is not just country, but this is just, this is our, our rock and our good rock and roll. Um, if you look at uh, the history of music all the way back, going all the way back, there is an ebb and flow to the, the polish and the grit, the polish and the grit, the polish and the grit about every decade or so. And 
um, if you notice, just since since I'm a, a country singer um, proudly, even though I sing the blues and I sing a lot of, I just sing music is the way I put it. But, um, but I grew up, you know, singing hard, you know, I grew up on the good stuff like you did and um, uh, in a house full of traditionalists and, and on a horse ranch, you know, horse and cattle ranch. And, and so rodeo life and, you know, that lifestyle that I grew up on, um, lent itself to country music. So I'm, I'm proud to say I grew up that way. And I'm proud to say that that's the music I grew up on. So, um, and all the way back, I mean, my parents went way before their time. Um, they were listening to stuff like, you know, the, the, the guys that started it all off, Jimmy Rogers and Hank senior. And of course, Patsy and, um, it was me at a young age that kind of brought in the blues to the house uh, and then the really good rock and roll, um, you know, from the Stones to um, Aerosmith and the great bands of the 70s that my 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 oldest sister brought, turned me on to. Mom wasn't very all too happy about that. But going back to your point, Chad, um, it, it it's. I would be lying to you if I told you that it's not really disheartening uh, and and painful sometimes when you've spent your whole life working on a craft and, and a style of music that you love so deep, deeply and so dearly. Um, writing the, that the lyrics that you write and put together, there is um, two two ways to look at writing a song. There's the emotional aspect of it. Um, and then there's the actual roll up your sleeves kind of craft of it. And those two things oftentimes have to sort of, um, be, uh, uh, kind of meld together. Um, but nothing starts, it all starts with the song. So none of us get to do anything unless we, we write and or find great songs. So the songwriting aspect of things is, a quintessential part of this whole thing without great songwriters like John Prine and Guy Clark and, and um, um, I mean, the list is very, very long, but Harlan Howard and Dean Dillons and, and um, you know, the, so many of the people that, that a lot of us here in Nashville who uh, hold country music dear um we look at these songwriters or some, these certain songwriters is like, you know, the aha, the, the, oh, you know, these are royalty kind of, and Dolly would be in that. And as a songwriter, Loretta would be in that, um, in that list of the early guys who came along that just wrote songs that were so authentic. They were truly writing about what, about their upbringing, their life, you know, Loretta wrote songs about Fist City and and because she was literally living that with her husband and she was out running the fair circuit and doing what a lot of women weren't really, you know, wasn't popular for women to do. So that authenticity has run very deep in country music. And those roots, um, whether you're from the mountains in North Carolina or whether you're from um, ba the Bakersfield area or whether you're from you know, really, you know, doesn't matter. You're, you know, country music calls out to 
and you've heard this before, so I don't want to be a cliche, but <clears throat> it's it calls out to um, what's real for you, your roots, your how did you come up? But I also think Heidi that you, what your grandpa teach you. I think what, that, what I think that you, hold on, Heidi. I think that you're different though because I think that you had the same outlook of of and my friend Ben taught me this, and you tell me, and I want you to continue, but. You wrote songs when you were, whether you, and I don't say that you do drugs, but when you were stoned, <laughs> when you were stoned or high or sober or sad or happy, the good songwriters like Guy, um, which we're going to get into because I just discovered Guy, which I'm self-admittingly that I discovered John Prine late in life, which I'm so thankful I did because he brought oh, a yeah. lot of inspiration to me before he hey, passed. As long as you discovered him, that's all that and matters. And then I discovered Guy Clark. Uh, not I didn't discover him, but I was turned on to him. And then I was like, when I heard the song, Anyway, comma, I love you. And Brent Cobb, who I keep bringing that name up because he's really important to me. He says that that's the, probably the best country song ever written. If you listen to the way that Guy Smith word, yeah. wordcraft. So my point in telling you this is that you just always came across as that raw, that raw person that was going to write about if you lost a husband, if you lost a fight, if you, if you were happy as hell, if you're all of that stuff was going to go into a song. And I think that that's what you're saying with those great songwriters, like yeah. who you've mentioned is that's what they did. They weren't just being paid a nine to five job to write. This was their life. And I'm not saying that right. every songwriter is like that. There's great songwriters out there today, you know, uh, some really good songwriters, but I just don't understand how it lost its, its place in in the real country songs making it to the next level. And that was that was my point is like, how do they not? Because I don't think any way I love you would make it to country radio today. No. I just don't no. think it would. I think that there's a, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, w w when we're talking about songwriters, there's there's such, such a big group of people um, that we could pull from, that you and I both could pull from. And I could, I could name a couple of guys that you might not be turned on to yet and you know that that uh you will that you'll go look them up and you'll be like you're gonna call me and go oh my god Heidi and you might even turn me on that's the beauty of 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 music is it's subjective what I like you may not be so-and-so's cup of tea and what you know um you know what you like might not might not be this guy's cup of tea but we're on we're on we're on really common ground here and at the end of the day um, I, I think you, you brought it up earlier. I think it's about being authentic and being unapologetically. So you have to just, um, when I started out with trick pony, my mom, my parents raised me just always, you know, manners, manners, man, you know, just to be, I've always cared about what, what, um, I, I like to make other people happy. I like to bring the joy out in other people. I, I, I appreciate people with good manners. I love it when somebody, you know, when somebody takes their hat off for you or opens a door for you. I, I do that as a woman. I'm, you know, I'll open the door for other people. Um, I'm always, always respecting my elders. I just was taught those, those, um, you know, what I think, you know, Respect. I, I, I wish that that, you know, our millennials and our kids today all were taught with the same, you know, were, were brought up with the same sort of, um, um, you know, kind of rules, so to speak. But 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 it all flows back to what we're talking about. And, and so 
um, you pull for the people that are real. And I, I, I'm like you, I, I really like people that are stylists. I like people that don't sound like anybody else. They're not trying to sound like I'm not, when I go out to sing and play, I'm not, or write a song or whatever I'm doing. I'm not trying to sound like Tanya Tucker. I'm not as much as I love her. I'm not trying to sound like Winona. I'm not trying to sound like Shania. I'm not trying to sound like Leanne Womack or anybody else because I don't know how to, I've always, what I sound like is, is, is what I sound like. And I may not be everybody's cup of tea, but, uh, I I guarantee you, if you give, you know, it's kind of like, if you give me a shot and you take a listen, you know, um, what you're going to, I'm, what you get is what you see and what you see is what you get on and off the stage. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. in my, in my fellow friends and peers too. I like, I like to see that when I see the same in, in my friends that do this for a living as well. So, um, and I think, you know, talking about country music, not being country music today, going back to that, there's, that's such a touchy subject, Chad, because, um, we, I live in a, in a purist house. My fiance is a picker and a singer and a country singing fool and um and a producer and so we you know we have these deep conversations about exactly what we're talking about and a lot of my friends you know are in the business and we have these conversations and there's so many people who have been around for a minute um that it's really easy to get jaded and kind of almost mean-spirited and um not be pulling for the new guys as much or the new girls as much um but maybe because they, you know, they're coming from a little different place. They're raised up a little differently than differently than you were. Um, their songs are a little more pop edged and and that type of thing. So I, I really made a point more lately than not to try to st- to to put that aside and not be one of the, not be a hater and uh, and to try to support my fellow the people I really like that I genuinely really like. Um, and, and especially us women out there who are having a really tough time getting airplay, particularly country music's having a hard enough time getting real country music, getting airplay. Now try being a woman doing that. And I've never been one to be like, oh, woe is me. I'm a woman. You know, that's the, you're, you're, you're typically you're not going to hear that from me, but that's a real issue. And it really is when you look at the statistics, um, uh, and percentages, <laughs> it's really, really, you know, disgusting how few women get played on country radio. So that being said, uh, and that's been an argument from, for many years, but, um, but, but, you know, when I was telling you about the polish and the grit and about how music, the flow of music, the ebb and the flow of music, if you look back, um, let's just say, let's start with, uh, where country music was in the sixties, we were going through a, uh, kind of more of a polished phase. We had, um, uh, Owen Bradley and we had the orchestral sounds and we had, um, we brought all the big backgrounds to, um, even Willie Nelson, you know, he was being produced by Chuck, uh, by, uh, Chet Atkins and Chet would bring the studio full of, um, these beautiful background singers and, and all these amazing pickers and so forth. But 
besides Willie's core original band, you know, Mickey and, and, and the guys, um, he would fill it up with the orchestra and, and he was trying to kind of build this, this big sound, did the same with Patsy Cline, um, and, and, and many others. So we had kind of a country music took a turn from it's really early in, in uh, incarnation to, uh, to into more of a polished sound. And then came, then came, along came the outlaws and everything just like it shattered. I mean, it, that was the first platinum record. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, if you listen to that music, it was as raw and as on the cutting room floor and as real as the day is long. And it changed the sound of the day. And then boom, it, everything kind of shifted and people were cutting more of that. Then you heard the Johnny paychecks and you heard the, you know, uh, you heard everybody else that was just cutting with a steel guitar and like the, the basically the combination of the band I just explained earlier on, that's pretty much what was going on. And it was, it was on the cutting room floor with no overdubs, no bells and whistles. You, you, you wouldn't even dream of having a loop. They didn't even know what that was back then. And uh, I didn't know coming up, and you probably didn't either, Chad, how lucky we were to grow up with with um, that music. You know, I had parents that that's what we they, they played. That's what was on in our house all the time. If I had when I would go in my bedroom and I'd put on like, you know, some rock band or something or I'd be listening to because I got into the blues and I'd be listening to like, you know, Lil Walter or Muddy Waters and and uh, Howlin' Wolf and stuff like that. My mom would come bang on my door. And she'd go, that's not country. What's, get, what's going on in there? That's not country. I mean, that, that's how like hardcore we were. And I used to, you know, I used to get mad when I was a kid, but now I chuckle at that. It's such a cool way to grow up. But so where we are now, now, now fast forward to where we are now. And what we've gone through is this, this era of, um, I have literally been in a writing room with, with, uh, with another writer, a co-writer, and I pick up my guitar and, and I've got an idea, all right? Because you either start with typically, maybe you've got an idea, a hook, a general place you're writing towards, or maybe you've got a melody in mind and that melody naturally sounds like it needs to say this. So you start writing, so I pick up my guitar and I got this idea in mind and I'm starting to write. And my co-writer over here, Joe Blow over here, pulls out this machine, sets it on the table and proceeds to spend, I don't know, the next 45 minutes listening to what I'm playing. And then like hitting a beat, a beat player and spending the next 45 minutes, not like not even paying attention to, to me in the room, but wanting to find a loop so that he can then put a loop to what I'm playing to. So then we can start writing this song. And I'm like, it was infuriating to me. And I know that that is huge. And whoever uh, writes like that today, they may hear this and go, you know, maybe offended by that because there's really an art to it. Um, there really is. And I'm just, I'm just not gifted in that department, but 
it was just disheartening to me because I was like, let's write this song together. That's why we're here. We're not here to put a beat together or, you know, it, it, this we're here to put a melody with a lyric and that's going to move somebody somewhere in the near future. So um, country music is going through a, a spell right now where um, unfortunately the business aspect of it, which is the corporate aspect of it, which is radio, um, which is no longer run by private radio stations. There are very few private radio stations in the country anymore at all. Used to 15 years ago, 10 years ago, even actually, you had stations all throughout the country that were privately owned. And so that program director who was from Des Moines, Iowa, well, he knew that he was in you know, the Midwest, he knew his audience. He knew a lot of cattle ranchers and corn and and farmers and ranchers that were all around him. He knew what he knows his audience, right? So he knows what they want to hear. And he's listening to his phone calls and people writing in and what they're saying. So he's playing his audience, what they want to hear. There used to be that there was that all throughout the country. And for that matter, all throughout the world, that's gone now. There is, there are literally about three people, and I'm not exaggerating, that are programming the entire country. So this guy may be in Santa Monica, California, and he's going to decide what this, what, what these 44, these 45 stations all throughout the country are going to play on their radio stations and they're big stations. So he gets to decide what they're going to play. And that, when you add the type of music that's being made along with the corporate aspect of it, people are getting spoon fed the same 12 songs over and over and over again. And, and so it makes me sad more than anything. The, the first emotion I feel is, is not anger so much. It's just, it makes me sad. It make it's disheartening because there's a, a whole generation or two of kids that are coming up that think that that's country because they haven't been exposed to this other stuff that worked that you and I are having this conversation about. So what I pray happens is one of two things, either that takes a shift again and we go back to the grit and the, and the realness and the authenticity, which could happen but personally, I don't think we will go backwards. I think that what's going to have to happen is we're going to have to open up a new chart, an entirely new, almost like a new platform that is called traditional country. And it opens up for people like myself and um, who basically right now what I would I am. I've always loved all kinds of music. So I'm an Americana artist and and I'm proudly cons- consider myself that because I love all music. I don't just love country music. I love all music. And I sing a variety of music. So I feel like, you know, th- th- that's what's going to have to happen is a new platform is going to have to open up in order for there to be room for these program directors to have their stations and and program for their actual audience. I know that's a long way to go, but that that's the that that that's what's going on. It makes total sense. And hence, and there lies the problem, in my opinion, Heidi, is that that we're not talking about somebody that that um, 
loses their prime or loses the ability to write a song or deliver a song or entertain a crowd. We're not talking about a baseball player that plays 20 years in the major leagues and he just, his body can't hold up. He goes into, he goes into the hall of fame. He goes and does speaking engagements. He might become a commentator. The bottom line is, is that he's not forgotten by baseball because he's in the hall of fame and he had a great career as in singing and the art of country music and Americana music and Southern rock or the Almond brothers and what they did and, and the, and, and the art of songwriting and then the ability to stay relevant would be a lot better and a lot more transparent. If what you're saying was going back to like, Hey, why is hiding Newfield not on the radio? Why is somebody that you just named? Why, how in the freak could Leanne Womack, who is, would have to be in my top 10 for, she is amazing. Like you're telling me that, 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 that fast, you're saying that when the outlaws came in in the seventies and it transitioned into the eighties and at the end of the eighties, the hat, the hat pack started and you had your chestnuts and your Tracy Lawrence's and your Sammy Kershaw's. And that was when Garth started to hit. You're telling me, you're telling me, I'm not saying this to you, but you're telling me as a radio, as iHeart or as Sirius XM and all these program directors that, that can literally just put a pop song in here and say, it's and try to brainwash somebody or try to not brainwash, but try to condition somebody like this is country. Well, it's people like me that go, wait a minute, you're telling me that Chestnut and Travis Tritt and Tracy Lawrence and Heidi Newfield and all of these people that we, and and Leanne Womack, they were just making number one hits eight to 10 years ago. You're telling me that you couldn't put them in this genre of country music because that is where the whole problem lies is that Americana and country can go together. If Heidi Newfield says, I'm going to go out and make a rock record. Well, that's fine. You can do that. But Aaron Lewis did it. He came from Stained and he made country yeah. records. You you can do that. The problem is, is that in my opinion, is that why can't they be on the radio? Why can't Heidi Newfield be right there? I guarantee if you said, hey, Miranda, what, what do you feel about Leanne Womack and Heidi Newfield and all these badass women still being on your country radio station that you're played on? Because kerosene is already played on prime country. Miranda Lambert is not prime country. Heidi Newfield is not prime country on Sirius XM. They're country music. So that goes on country music radio. It doesn't have the highway shouldn't just mean, oh, if you were born after 1983 and you and you write songs like this. I don't even know how many number ones Chris Stapleton has, but it's not many. And that's 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 amazing that he can be who he is and write the way he writes and deliver a song and kind of he kind of maybe saved country music traditionally a little bit with what he did on stage with Timberlake that night. I just look at it like, yeah, that was a game changer right there. You can't tell me that Chris Stapleton wouldn't want those people that I'm naming on the same radio station that he's being played because now he is in a class of country songwriters and country musicians. And I just think that country radio has gotten away from that. And there is no way that anybody will ever persuade me that you haven't been forgotten because you are in this time frame. I understand that there's an ebb and flow and I understand that people are going to listen to new things, but it's country music. If you yeah. are, if you're in your forties and you can write a great country song and sing it, there's no reason why you should have been forgotten. And I'm not saying that you were, I'm just saying that many, many artists are not being played. And when I turn on country radio, if it was what, if it was country, I would have it on more, but there's a yeah. reason why I don't listen to it because it's not country yeah. music. So I'm just simply saying that, 
there's no way that you can persuade me, Heidi, that you can't write a country song still and sing it as good as any female on the radio. You can't persuade me of that. And you can't tell me that Leanne couldn't. And maybe Leanne's happy with where she's at and she had her hits and she can go play a, a theater and do oh, her Oh, she's thing. cut one of the coolest records um, it was that awesome. she's ever cut uh, with this last this last record that she cut. Um I'm, I'm, it's escaping me right now. Uh, it's, it's got like, it's got a long title, but, and she's smoking a cigarette on there. And it's just like, you can listen to that from start to finish. And, and it's, it's very different for her. She, uh, got out of town, got out of Nashville and cut it elsewhere. I think she went to, um, I think she actually cut it in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, uh, Bottom line is, you know, at the end of the day, Chad, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying in, in, in that what's interesting is that all the people that you've mentioned, like I just did a thing with Travis Tritt not long ago and um, all these great people, Garth and Trisha were there and, and Clint Black was there. And it was like a it was literally like a 90s and early 2000s family reunion with some Opry members thrown in there. And we all had the best time. We were just it was so much fun. And uh, it was actually a tribute. Um, it was not a tribute. It was a, basically a benefit for John Barry, who um, was uh, battling cancer. And we all came out and um, everybody showed up and, and we filled up this place called the City Winery here in Nashville. And it was a four hour show and nobody went home. Now, normally you know, there was buses in the back and so forth. And normally people go to their buses and they're not watching. Everybody stayed and watched the, everybody else's set. Everybody, you know, Leroy Parnell goes, hey, Newfield, can I come up and, and sing on blues or uh, and play slide on blues is my business with you that that's on this new record with me with uh, Delbert McClinton. I was like, get your butt up here and bring Lisa with you to sing some background, you know, and um Radney Foster comes, you know, comes up to me and says, Hey, will you come Heidi, come up and sing harmony with me on, uh, I'm in Let's go, let's do it. Which we did on the Opry not long ago at the Ryman. So what I'm getting at is that a lot of the music that you're talking about, that's, that was such a great era. A, a lot of, uh, you know, I'm in my forties and the record I've just made and the music I'm making now and where I am as a singer um, and my comfort zone, I'm not trying to, that whole trying to please the system thing anymore, that's so far gone in me. Um, I don't, I just, it's, I hate, you know, it's the old give a damn busted, man. I just, I just want to write and play the best music I possibly can and surround myself with good people. And um I kind of have a no asshole rule on my, on my, on the bus and, and around. So everybody's kind to each other, everybody's nice to each other. Uh, everybody enjoys what they're doing. And that includes, you know, everybody from my manager to the, the radio guy that's working my, my stuff to Americana and roots radio. And then if country picks it up, then, then that's great. But we're not, we're not pushing it to country. We're kind of doing the almost the Stapleton effect uh, effect that hopefully th this is this is really kind of I'm just being laying it kind of out there and being brutally honest. But it's it's kind of like this. Hopefully it's so cool and it sounds so good to some of my friends at country radio that re that are relationships I've made over the years that they pick it up and play it. 
Um, but I'm not, but, but we're not chasing that. And, um, Americana is, is this home that, um, I have to work to now. Don't get me wrong. They're not, they don't, they don't ask Leanne too, you know, they don't just open their arms to you because you had some country success and you were, you know, in the, in the two thousands and, and people know your name in country music. In fact, it might even be the opposite that might even hurt you in Americana. You have to prove yourself. And it's a different, it's a different ball of wax. But the thing I love about it is the freedom. Um, Americana to me is taking the place of seventies radio. And I was a tiny, tiny kid in the seventies, but I, remember turning on certain radio stations and hearing Johnny Cash. And then I would hear um, on certain stations where, where I grew up anyways. And there was a, like you turn around, you'd hear Johnny Cash and then you'd hear uh, an Aerosmith song. And then you'd turn around and hear like early, like dream on. And then you'd turn around and you'd hear Merle Haggard. And then you'd turn around and hear Loretta. And then you'd turn around and hear, a Rolling Stones tune or something like that. It was a miss. It was just great music. It was a mismosh of a mashup, if you will, of great music. And that's kind of what Americana is now. When you turn on a good roots radio station now, you'll, you're going to hear blues straight up hardcore blues, which I've got on this record. Um, that's, Un- unapologetically unequivocally blues and uh then you turn around and they'll play something that's so traditional country that you go it melts your face off it's so good and then they turn around and they play something that's more singer songwritery kind of folk kind of feel and it's like you know you've got this mismatch of kind of music and I love that I-, I love the fact that you're not hearing the same song over and over again um they play to their audience um, so they'll take my whole record that has 14 songs on it, the Barfly Sessions, and each Americana radio station will go, you know, my audience, they don't really like country all that much. So we're going to stay away from I Could Fall For You, this Bakersfield thing that Jim Lauderdale's on. And and we're going to stay away from Wrong Side of the Bottle that's like a full on honky tonk. And we're going to stay away from this, that, um, you know, but we play more the blues and the more edgy stuff. So we're going to play um, the blues is my business. And we're going to play, bring this house down. And we're going to play and they each play to their audience. And so your whole record gets played across the country. And that's kind of a really, it's an old school thing that, that um, would take place, but it's a really refreshing, yeah, it's a great you know, words. kind that's of place I, to go. That's the so word that, I would have yeah, I mean that that's kind of where my head is and and I really do hope. I really do Chad, I really hope and uh deep down inside I hope that my friends at Country Radio will pick it up and find some things on there that they go, "Oh my god, I got to play this. I've got to you know, and just because of memories and relationships and um and things that you've done together, shows you've done uh for them and 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 hopefully just because they really dig what you're doing um, and, and they actually put it on the air. So, but, but going around and trying to please any one type of, uh, of thing anymore, it's just, it's just not my bag. And I think that's, what's so cool about guys like Jamie Johnson and 
Um, and, and Chris Stapleton did it. I mean, has done it and he's just done it off a of sheer talent. And there's so many people out there that are ridiculously talented that, like you said, I mean, you said it best. You said it right off the top that aren't getting played on the radio. But um, I think there's one key to all of this. And that is I'm in my 40s and I feel like I'm doing my best work, even though I've got I'm I'm very proud of the body of work with Trick Pony. I'm I'm proud. I'm very proud of the memories made. I'm very proud of my solo work so far. I've never stopped doing this for a living. I've never stopped touring. I've always been on the road. Um, just because people haven't heard me on mainstream country does not mean that I, this isn't what I do for a living. So it's funny. Cause sometimes, you know, I'll go home to, to Northern California and I'll, I'll be home for like a holiday or something. And I'll have like one of like my uncle will look at me and go, so what are you doing? What's, what's going on with you these days? Like, like as if I'm working at a bank, you know, and I go, well, uncle John, you know, um, I'm still making music and I'm touring. I, I actually still do this for a living. So I think a lot of the names you mentioned that we've both mentioned here, you know, they're as good or better now than they ever were because they're seasoned and they really don't give a damn. And so when they, you walk out and watch their show, it's, it's better than ever. And so that's where I feel like I am in my career is I'm much more comfortable in my skin. I'm much more, um, I don't get freaked out about the small stuff. I don't sweat small stuff and I don't quit. And so I think that's the one thing that resonates with me is I'm never, this is what I do for a living. I'm going to die being a singer songwriter. This is what I do. I'm never going to turn around and be an accountant. I'm never going to turn around and, you know, um, this, this is what I do. And if you're that, and, if you're that dedicated and passionate yeah. and if you're that strongly of an advocate for this art and Americana and country, you are country. You can tell me until I'm blue in the face again, you, yeah. you can sing the hell out of a country song and write it and play the harmonica and guitar and entertain a crowd. You are country. So that's, that's, I guess it's really neither here nor there because I think that the radio stations would be much better off if I went to a, a, a country station. I would rather hear you and Jason Isbell, who are Americana, than I oh, would most of the country it. music playing today. Like I could listen to Isbell every day. And Me I, too. But he's country. And he's talk got about a guy. Talk about a guy who can turn a phrase and is a great guitar, very underrated guitar. Like I, I think a lot of people are learning what a great guitar player he is, but, and then his wife is over there just like, you know, part of the high women and one of them fiddlingest, you know, she's awesome. There's so much, so much great music out there if you search for it. And once this strange time that we're going through this pandemic and, and this, um, this too shall pass, you know? Um, and I do think that we will get back to live music. I do think that people still hunger for that. Um, and, you know, I, I have no, no doubt whatsoever that, um, that we'll be packing, you know, that I'll be back on my bus with my band, uh, packing 
places and playing music for a living. I don't know when exactly that will be. I can't put my finger on it, but I know that that will happen again because I think people um, like you and I, there's way more people like you and I who love live music and support it and want to go out and see it and experience that show. Um, so eventually that will come back just like they want to go to a football game or a baseball game, you know, that, that me included, um, you want to go and experience, you want to be there. So as much as, as awesome as, uh, and I'm grateful. I can't believe I'm saying this cause I, I hated Facebook and, and Instagram and, and all of that. When it first like hit, I thought this is so it feels like a text version, like instead of a phone call, you know what I mean? <laughs> it feels like you're fun, like it, it's, um, I, I, I it, it was a hard sell. It's not for as me. authentic. It takes the authenticity yeah. out of some, but now it's a great now, way to reach your fans, right? It's I'm a, so grateful for it. And I, I'm extremely grateful for it because going through this for the, for the first and hopefully only time in our business, um, I pray we never see something like this, you know, again, but it's, it's been a saving grace. It's been the one way that I've been able to, cause I've got this record coming out August 28th. And um, the whole reason we kind of pushed the release date back was so that, um, cause it was, it was originally June 5th and, and we pushed it back because I wasn't going to be able to tour to promote it. And we thought, well, maybe by the end of August, you know, there'll there'll be some things opened up again to where I'll be able to be uh, able to play some venues and, and be able to tour and bring this music to the people. Um, and I'm still praying for that. I'm still hoping, you know, that, that that's a real, that becomes a reality, but in all, in all honesty, it may not be, it may be very slow and um, people might, you know, uh, start this whole thing going, getting back out there, like dipping their toe in the water very, very slowly. And um, so I have to be prepared for that and and thank God for podcasts like yours and Facebook live type things. And just the opportunity to still reach an audience um, and grow, grow a new audience, you know, people turning their, you know, their, their kids on or their friends on to, my music that they may not, you know, not have been familiar with before because they didn't know who Trick Pony was. They weren't even born yet or, um, you know, so that's kind of audio, uh, is awesome to me is that, you know, I'm, my, the goal is to keep your, your uh, you know, amazing loyal fans that were there from the get-go and to keep them and to make them proud, but to grow your audience and to build it and, um, and to turn people onto it. And you do all that by doing a couple things, just making great records that matter, writing great songs that that are unique and doing it in a way that is all your own and um, and not quitting. <laughs> and, and I think that your work ethic is, you know, it's a testament of of the kind of person you are. I just I just hope, you know, maybe it, it is just let bygones be bygones. And that's like what what people say is country music's going to do what country music does. And I guess it's maybe it is a waste of breath to say, Hey, don't forget about these people because maybe somebody, maybe Tritt's fine. You know, Tritt sells out 150 shows a year and he still has a great loyal audience and you yeah. sell out, you sell out your, you got a great loyal enthusiastic audience that will do anything to go see Heidi Newfield play. I'm just simply saying that 
it'd be nice if country radio played the guy the, the guys and girls that are country. That's all I'm that's all I'm it asking. Would. I'm not asking that much. It's like being a kid with Santa Claus. Yeah. Santa, I'm not asking for that much. Just just bring me Do a castle. Like just bring me a castle. I, I think that I think that you have the, uh, an awesome mindset and outlook, but I, I would really like to get inside your head someday and be like, Heidi, how many nights have you had to grab a bottle and just take the top off and drink from the bottle because of how pissed off you've gotten about the way the music, I would like to have that talk someday when, when it's right. But I think that what we do is this, we've just talked almost an hour and 15 minutes in which was, have we was really, yeah, has it gone by that fast? Yeah. It's almost 12, 15, my time two fifteen. years. So what I'm saying okay. is this, I slated a certain amount of time because I really want to get into the music, but I knew that the, I would get down this rabbit hole of talking to you about country music because you truly are a great artist and you're a, uh, just a great voice of true country sound. And I really think that songs that TP, you know, that trick pony did, I really think a night like this is what turned me on to a lot of what became, you know, a fascination with female country artists. It was that time of my life to where it was always Dolly, 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 Dolly. And then all of a sudden there was females that I really started to be like, man, this is good stuff. This is really good, authentic country music. And I'm a country music guy. I'm a country Western guy. I don't ride a horse and I don't pick a guitar, but I, I, I live the country lifestyle. I live off the oh, land. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and so I just, I just kind of always had this really particular taste in country music and i think that we need to spend the next uh may june july august at least doing one episode a month if not more up to you and your management of getting people to know about barfly sessions and what's getting ready to drop and the talent and the genius that went into the songs the lyric and and, and maybe even singing one or two here and there to get ready for this i want to do my part in making sure that our audience has an has a a, a, a legitimate opportunity to hear Heidi Newfield. And that's talking about trick pony. That's talking about Johnny and June. That's talking about the solo stuff. And it, and now that we got all of my beef with country music out of the way, now I think that we go down. <laughs> now I think that we get on another episode of next week or whenever you're free and say, look, yeah. here's yeah. instead of worrying about what Chad's worried about, instead of trying to change the way things that are never, they might never change. Let's concentrate on the optimistic Chad and Heidi of here's where the music is. It's still freaking awesome it's really effing awesome it's another word that starts with an f that i'm not going to say it's really strong and let's talk about the history a little bit and then let's go into to showcasing the barfly sessions and what's getting ready to happen for your fans around the country and other places of like when you come out and see heidi she's going to take you through this this entire experience and it's going to bring you up and it's going to bring you down and you're going to hear love songs and you're going to hear party songs and you might hear poor me you might hear what a clever oh, yeah. what a clever song title and what a clever twist on the word poor me like yeah i am feeling sorry for myself so pour me one like that is badass like that's cool stuff and i think that you're you've been a part of a lot of really cool country music songs country music lyrics country music performances let's get into that next time if you will and then Thank i want to get into promoting I barfly i appreciate the support so much you, you don't even know and and uh yeah uh, you know happy to i know we I, I was just kind of following your lead as far as um uh, subject matter and so forth, but hopefully, you know, your, your listeners, um, you know, it, hopefully th that might kind of help them. This conversation might help them understand sort of how the wheel turns a little bit more. Um, 
and sort of our, you know, and our, your beef with it and my beef with it and all of that. But, but at the end of the day, man, it's, it's, they're really, I just, I just don't walk around with a big chip on my shoulder about, damn it, you know, they're not doing this and they're not playing. I, I think if there's anything I'm, I'm peeved about uh, regularly, it's, I want my women supported a little bit more. I want to hear more of my girls on the radio. Um, well, let's get some and, of them on here with you. We just had Haley, yeah, Haley well, Witters. Absolutely. Haley Witters is a badass, and we talked about you. Like, yeah. that, let's oh, get did her you on. Really? Yeah, like we, uh, she's really good. So I'm, I'm all about it. I'll That's be, awesome. I, I would love to, I would love to help you in any way that, not that you need my help. I'm just a true fan, <laughs> and I, and I have, we have an audience, and I want to make sure that when they hear us talk about Heidi Newfield, they're like, oh yeah, she's as badass as Chad always says she is, and that's all, that's my only goal. I know that you've already made California proud. You've already made mom and dad proud. You've already, you might need to remind Uncle John once in a while, like, hey, dipshit, you know, I'm still <laughs> right. out here singing. I'm still rocking. Yeah. Like, you want to, yeah. you want to see my, my, my prevost? It's out back. Let's go party. But um, I think that I think that all we can do is you're right. The one thing I've learned from today in this short hour and 15 minutes is look, let's just keep putting the positive message out there that Heidi Newfield belongs on country radio. And if she's not going to be there, here's where you can find her period. Absolutely. And I'm ready yeah, to do We're that. all still out here making music. We're all, I mean, every single person we've talked about um, on this show, you, everyone that you've mentioned, uh, everyone that I've mentioned that hasn't passed away <laughs> when we were talking about some of our great, our, our, some of the greats, um, they're still making music. They're actually still out there making records and still, you know, kicking ass and taking names. And that's, that's, that's what it's all about. And so, um, you know, like I said, the music is there to be found for those who want it. And I personally feel like that there is an audience, a huge audience all around this country who, whether they're horse people and rodeo folk, whether they're hunters and fishermen like we are too, I'm all of the above. I love all of that. Um, and I want to talk with you about hunting a little bit at some point too, because yeah. um, that's, I know that's a, a, something we, we hold in common. And, um, but I mean, you know, like whatever your lifestyle, whatever your hobbies and so forth are, however you, you were brought up, there's a country lifestyle that, um, that kind of goes with this brand that goes with this feel that we're talking about goes with this music. Um, albeit traditional country, albeit with a little blues flavor, albeit what, you know, uh, singer songwriter doesn't, doesn't really matter. Good music, you know, resonates with, with that authenticity. I think there's an audience out there that is jonesing for I guarantee it. that, that I kind of music. It. And, and so, you know, it's out there to be seen and heard and bought and um, and and the, those records are being made every day still just as much as they ever were. So, you know, that that's a cool thing to think about. And it, it keeps me going and um, it'll come back around. It, it will. You it, watch. You watch. And I can't, there'll, there'll be a door open somehow. I can't know, wait. And, I can't wait till this record comes out. I can't wait. Like, I, I wish I just wish that I had a nickel that every time somebody goes, you know what? I agree. Like. Or they'll say it before me. Country radio sucks. And I'm not saying that to disrespect anybody that does country radio. I'm just saying that we 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 we, we touched on it today. I think it's going to come back around. And my point in saying that, Heidi Newfield, is that when you mention the rodeos and the fairs and the and the community events and the farmers and the ranchers and the cowboys and the PBR and the hunters and the fishers and the and the and the providers and the conservationists, 
there's a lot more of them than you think. Not you, but oh, I'm saying, and every, absolutely. and I would bet you 95% of them would tell you exactly what I said today to start this conversation. We're going to continue this conversation. I will get off of my soapbox about what I think country radio should be, because I really don't have any right, because I am not a record executive, and I'm not working for vector management, and I don't have you know any, what you like. I have no you know experience. Like. I just know that when I play Heidi Newfield at one of my backyard rendezvous with 80 to 100 people with a Traeger mill and a cold a cold bush light or some Jack Daniels on the rocks. Every single person in that audience loves it. So let's take a risk and get her and the people that deserve to be on radio that trailblaze this, that made country music famous again and popular, more popular than it ever was in the past, even with the outlaws, even with Hank senior, even with Patsy, all of them, you can see that there was a huge explosion of country music. And that's why I think your rock stars and your rappers that didn't make it in rap and people that didn't make, they all came here because this is where the money was. And this yeah. is where the popularity was and that's fine there's a melting pot but let's keep country music country let's continue this next week or the week after i'll get with you and figure out our next one i want to get into the barfly sessions i'm so excited about it i'm going to get off of this and i'm going to put on a trick pony song or a heidi newfield solo song i got about a 20 minute drive and I'm going right. to, I'm going to rock it. Heidi Newfield, you can check her out. You can find her music on Spotify, iTunes. Just hit me up with a direct message and I'll lead you in the right direction of a Heidi Newfield playlist. And we're going to keep rocking, Heidi. She's the bomb. She is a badass singer, songwriter, harmonica player. We're going to have her back here at This Life Ain't For Everybody. This episode, again, was brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. She could sing the phone book. She has the voice of an angel with a little bit of rasp to it. Like she smoked three cigarettes, had one shot of whiskey. <laughs> and it's so beautiful Heidi I appreciate you talk to you soon y'all stay yeah, safe thank you out so there. much and in the meantime I'll see you on Facebook and I'll see you on Instagram and we'll uh, talk on the phone yep. alright you guys that's hey, Heidi Newfield I can't thank wait thank you so much I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul life on earth won't last that long what you gonna do when the money's all gone Say life on earth won't last that long